Have you ever wondered what lies behind the facade of a narcissistic? Maybe you're confused or you're curious about what are the traits, what are the behaviors that define narcissistic personality disorder? Now, I've done a couple of videos talking about the nine different characteristics and traits that you see. So you can look those up under DSM-5 videos, okay? But today we're going to be just walking you through the general aspects so you can understand and see and dive into more of what actually might look like in your life. I'm going to give several examples of my life of what I've actually seen, what I've done in going through this aspect of talking through narcissistic abuse and how it's shown up. So I want to be able to dive into the topic today of narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, to uncover some of the key characteristics, the behaviors, and just kind of unveil some of the underlying dynamics associated with what's actually going on inside this disorder. When we talk about narcissistic personality disorder, I want you to understand it to gain insights and understanding some of the motivations, some of the patterns, some of the things so you can start to recognize the impact that it has on your life. You can recognize it and you can start to change what's actually happening in your life to protect you and to help foster healthy relationships moving forward. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What actually is narcissistic personality disorder? Well, if you're new here, my name is Ben Taylor and I am a self-aware narcissist. So a narcissist that has grown up, understood, and got to a place where I got into therapy, where I started to work on it, where I started to develop and understand, hey, these are the destructive habits and these are the things that I've done that have hurt and destroyed relationships. I've got to a place where I was doing this with my wife constantly, where I was cheating on her, where I was devaluing her, emotionally, mentally abusing her, and got to the place where she finally left. When she left, it did not promote change. It did not make me change. She did not make me change. Just FYI for all the people being like, wait a second, what do I have to do to make my narcissist change? My change came from understanding, one, that I needed to get real with the truth, and then two, gotten real with getting to the place of understanding I'm in a cycle. Like I thought I was cursed for a period of time that this is just going to happen no matter what. So realizing I'm in a cycle and it's not changing, it's not getting any better. I'm not getting to a place where I'm actually getting out of it. It's still happening. So unless I change something, it's always going to be the same. All right. So when we talk about narcissistic personality disorder, it has nine characteristics. It has nine traits. I'm not going to dive into all of them today. Okay. But this aspect is typically characterized by this aspect first of, of grandiosity. Like, like I am the best person ever. I thought I was the best person ever in all single aspects of my life. Like, I thought that I was the best person because of how I showed up in my job. I was a workaholic and I did really good. So as a result, I did a very good job at my job. People are like, oh, he's a really good guy. He's really awesome. Like, he can fix all these problems. He can do all these things. He can make this speed up. This is better efficient because he worked on it. All these different aspects. And so I looked really good in the job environment. So a lot of times I would attribute that of like, I am a good person. I am pretty awesome because of what I do, because of how good I do it. And so this piece of like grandiosity kept continuing moving forward of like, I'm pretty amazing. Even when that wasn't the case in my relationship and what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, at the same time, while this like, hey, look at me, I'm amazing. A lot of that goes back to a need for admiration where narcissists wants other people to admire them or ultimately in a relationship wants that person to 
worship them. Wants the other person to be servant and subservient to them, to like do things for them. But when it comes to this aspect of admiration, like I want someone who actually appreciates and loves and is bowing down to me. That's really like the thought process. Admiration does a decent work job, but in really the sense it's like worship. Like someone, a, a narcissist is someone who wants another person to worship them. Then you have this aspect of a lack of empathy. Now this is typically like the go-to one. People are like, ah, lack of empathy, you're a narcissist. It's not always the case. Okay, there, there's people on different scales on the autism scale with, that have autistic traits that do not have a great engagement with empathy. A lot of them have to learn more cognitive empathy of how to interact with other people. So not having empathy or a certain level of empathy doesn't necessarily make a person narcissistic. At the same time, there's a lot of narcissists out there that have levels of empathy, at least cognitive. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to get with you in such an emotional state. Also, the levels of cognitive empathy help the narcissist manipulate you even more, but they also keep the narcissist from being willing to actually engage honestly. Because if they actually see, hey, there's a problem here, hey, there's something that's happened, I'm unwilling to acknowledge it and deal with it because if I do that, it's going to mean that I'm the bad guy. I don't want to be the bad guy because I'm the perfect one. I'm the good one. I'm the best in the room, okay? Now, when we talk about this aspect of narcissism, like oftentimes the grandiosity, need for admiration, lack of empathy. Those are like some of the high ones, okay? There's also the aspect of exaggerated self-importance, constant desire for attention, for validation, and also the tendency to end up exploiting and manipulating other people. A lot of the traits of narcissism are abusive in nature. So a lot of people that are like, narcissists aren't abusive, like you're, you're stigmatizing people, you're saying, hey, they're going to be all abusive. It's like when you start to read the nine narcissistic traits, like they're not put in a context and they're not put in a scenario that actually helps them promote healing, growth, change, and development. Like it doesn't actually promote you being the best version of yourself. It promotes bringing you down. It promotes abuse. It promotes this aspect of like, I'm going to be the best person regardless of who I have to step on along the way. So you might see the narcissist in your life constantly seeking admiration, attention, maybe not even from you, maybe from other women, maybe from, from the workplace, like inflating what they actually do of like, hey, I did amazing on this. And someone's like, you just had the idea, like you didn't even work on it. Inflating their achievements, their talents, having a sense of entitlement. I'm entitled to you. I'm entitled to what I want. I can get what I want anytime and oftentimes have this difficulty of actually empathizing with other people. So instead, everything is transactional. So let me exploit it. Let me actually do what I want in the relationship to get what I want out of it. So some of this aspect that you have to understand is narcissists are very much self-consumed. Now, when people hear this, they normally think self-consumed means they have this self-love. Not true. Okay. Narcissists typically hate themselves, but the difference is they're hiding behind a mask. They're hiding behind a different version of themselves to try to put to the whole society. This is me. I'm this great person that's put together. Oftentimes, you'll feel the hatred towards you, which is oftentimes a projection of what they're actually viewing about themselves. When we talk about this aspect of self-love, it's the idea of how you actually take care of yourself, how you actually grow, how you actually have compassion for yourself, how that actually looks in reference to other people, of you moving into a place of certainty and confidence in your self-love. A narcissist doesn't care about themselves to that regard. They care about their mask, they care about their image, they care about their money, they care about what they're getting, but not necessarily, oh, I love myself, okay? So when we dive into the aspect of understanding the traits and the behaviors with narcissism, it's helpful just to identify like, hey, these people 
are looking this way for this reason. Okay. Now for me, like I did not have this aspect of like, oh, I love myself. I also didn't have this aspect of, hey, I'm going to do something to harm myself because I didn't want that to look bad to other people. Like I knew that would be frowned upon. So I'm like, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to look bad to other people. That's not self-love. That's not like, oh, let me take care of myself. That's self-love would be like, what do I need to change inside me to continue moving forward in a healthy way? Like when you see this in a narcissist, you're going to see lots of different red flags. Uh, a lot of insecurity that comes in narcissism, a lot of shame and guilt that narcissists are running away from to try to avoid the actual accountability of who they might actually be. So you're going to see this over and over and over where they typically end up exploiting you because they're looking just at transactions. Okay. Um, one of the other aspects is just the impact that I want to talk about the impact on you and the impact on the relationship and your personal well-being. Like understanding when you're with a narcissist and when this constant back and forth manipulation and different pieces, it starts to confuse you. Typically, this aspect is called gaslighting, where the narcissist is saying, hey, I didn't do this. And where you're like, yes, you did. I saw you did. No, yeah, I didn't do this. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you just have a bad memory. Like, you struggle with, you're, you're just kind of bipolar. Like, you go off the hand, off the chain and then you come back. You go off the handle and you come back. Like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. Narcissists will do a lot of things to discount your opinions, to make you feel crazy. This starts to be a huge emotional drain and can be really damaging, not just to your self-esteem and your self-confidence, but also to your perception of what reality actually is. Because the narcissist is molding that and manipulating that to confuse you, to make you feel different. When in reality, it's not true. There's many times in my relationship where I would try to morph the situation so that I wasn't accountable to it. Kayla would be like, hey, you just did that. And I'd be like, no, I didn't. Because I didn't want to be accountable for what just happened. I didn't want to actually admit that I was wrong. For years in our relationship, I would never even say the words I was wrong. Like they wouldn't come physically out of my mouth. Because I didn't want to deal with the shame that actually said, hey, I'm a bad person. When I was putting up a different mask telling myself that I'm not a bad person, but was still being a bad person. So a narcissist will oftentimes ignore the things that are actually happening to make you feel like you're crazy, to put you down, to make you feel like, well, I guess I shouldn't bring it up. It's not that big of a deal. If they can do this, you will start to accept more and more things from them versus the truth of the situation. It's important to get to the place where you recognize the impact that it's having on you. Oftentimes spiraling you out, triggering you every single day, putting you in an emotionally like, confused state and putting you in a place where you're starting to come down with sicknesses, autoimmune disease, where you have your hair falling out, where you have different anxiety-led things that's causing your body difficulties that even doctors sometimes can't figure out because of the stress of being in a toxic relationship that's trying to control you. You need to get in a community. You need to get in a place where you have healthy boundaries. You might need to get to a place where you go no contact. If you want to start that process, you can go to escapetoxicity.com today. You can click the link in the bio and you can start just going through the coursework that we have there to start to understand and to start to break free. If you're at the place where you're like, hey, I want more of an accelerated method, then go to www.rawmotivations.com. Work with people every single day. We join people into our Thriver community if you're a good fit. And then we move forward into helping you heal, grow, change, and develop. The whole goal is we want to find people that are willing to actually put in the work. A lot of people say they want the healing. They say they want the change. But then we talk about, hey, this is how you're going to actually work through it. This is how we're going to help support you. They're like, nah, that's too hard. I'm going to leave. 
And as a result, they typically stay stuck. So when we talk about this aspect of narcissism, I just want you to understand it's real, it's dangerous, and it will destroy you in so many different ways. If you're dealing with a narcissist, reach out for help.